Welcome to the FTF Exchange Podcast. This is Maureen Lowe, founder and president of FTF. In this podcast series, we speak with industry professionals from leading financial and technology firms in capital markets. We will discuss an array of topics from current events to the latest fintech updates to human interest stories from time to time. Through these discussions, we strive to foster thought leadership and information sharing, and we certainly welcome comments and feedback for future episodes. Hello, everyone. Today, we are talking to Sophie Foy, who is the Global Head of Product Marketing at Adenza. Following the merger of Calypso Technology and Axiom SL in July 2021, the combined company now operates under the new name of Adenza. We will be talking with Sophie about Adenza and about how banks and other major sell-side firms are shifting away from dealing in exotic, over-the-counter instruments to safer, lower-margin transactions. However, this has led to high volume situations that have challenged IT infrastructures and IT managers. Regulatory reforms and technology transformation away from manual workflows are causing this transformation from a high touch environment to a low touch one. So Sophie, please uh, first uh, remind our listeners about how Calypso became a Denza. Uh, Hi, Eugene. Uh, So first of all, thank you very much for inviting uh, me to talk with you. I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Uh, So indeed, uh, Calypso Technology and Axiom SL have combined forces under a new name, Adenza, with headquarters in London and New York. Adenda now has uh, more than 60,000 users across the world including uh, the largest financial institutions spanning global and regional banks, broker dealers, insurers, asset managers, pension funds, hedge funds, central banks, exchanges and clearing houses, uh, so a a long list of clients. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you for that. What are some of the new realities of, of this new trading landscape for the sell side? Eugene, that's a great question. And there are actually quite a few components that have changed uh, in the landscape for the sales side. Let's try to discuss some of them and what they really mean for the industry. The, the first component of the new reality is related to the new regulations. And there is a long list of new uh, compliance milestones. In the context of the Basel framework, the uncleared margin rules, the standard counterparty credit risk, SSCCR, the fundamental review of the trading book, FRTB. It, it is a long list. And there is also all the impacts of the LIBOR transition, which is a major structural change for the entire industry. In summary, there is quite a, a long list of new regulation to comply with. Now, of course, firms also have been affected by the COVID-related market fluctuations, which have increased the counterparty credit risk and and also the new working condition under COVID, right? This is another uh, big change that firms had to deal with. And then finally, talking about the landscape changes, I would mention the market trend for more sophisticated tools, intraday calculation, risk estimation, what if simulation optimization. Those are some emerging new market best practice in terms of trading and risk management. So if you if you listen to that long list, we are indeed dealing with a very different new reality for firms. Mm-hmm. And on top of those changes, firms actually have a mandate to reduce cost and running TCOs. So definitely, th- this is a very different landscape that we're dealing with. So what are sell-side firms asking for in order to meet the new demands of this landscape? 
So it's it's quite interesting to actually try and analyze uh, the market requirements coming from those firms. So we can clearly see that all firms know that they have to change and adapt around a few new dimensions. They need to optimize their IT ecosystem, comply with new regulation and find ways to save costs and not only to remain compliant, but to pre preserve their profitability. So interestingly, in that context, we are seeing two major trends. Some firms are very strategically prepared and they're adjusting to the changing reality. Um, so they, they would take this opportunity to rethink and revamp their landscape and, and move forward uh, one milestone at a time, right? And then on the other hand, there are firms who opt for a more tactical approach, only changing the minimum required by the regulation or market players. Our most successful clients have realized that the strategic approach would require an integrated solution with consistent market data, pricers, detailed calculation, reporting grid down. And as a result, they took the opportunity of maybe the UMR compliance or the F4TB compliance to rethink their IT ecosystem and implement an integrated solution, right? That would provide them with the added benefits of uh, intraday calculation, more sophisticated tools, uh, and dealing with the daily changes affecting their, their portfolio. If we look at the market trends in terms of system requirements, there is trend toward uh, integration and more specifically integrated platform that would be driven by new business requirements. So let me maybe explain this last point in more detail. Business functions cannot be run in silos anymore. You know, the times where front office and back office tasks were sequential and separated are gone. There is now a need to include collateral settlement information as part of the pre-trade process. So this evolution has been driving the market best practice around uh, system integration as business users are looking for more visibility and more efficiency. And I actually think that is driving everything else, uh, demand for cloud hosting, for new technology, and, and basically for faster, cheaper, better calculation. So this is kind of my view on, on the recent market demand affecting the, the new landscape. And that change sort of has been coming, right? It's, it's been on its way for a while. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yes, yes. No, definitely. It's, it's been coming. It's, it's been starting. Uh, and I think it's, it's going to crystallize in the coming years. Mm -hmm. How will the new landscape accommodate UMR compliance and FRTB? And as you mentioned, the transition away from LIBOR. I've mentioned a long laundry list of changes in regulation, but as, as you rightly uh, are pointing out, some of them have been more instrumental than others, and some are more urgent. So you mentioned some key milestones for which the market had to react in a very agile manner. UMR compliance took place on September 5, 2021, for a big group of clients, which we call the Group 5. Group 6 is coming up next year. For F4TB, uh, there is a deadline at the end of September for CRR2, which is the European local adoption of F4TB. And the first LIBOR cessation event will take place at the end of 2021. In that context, there, this is where we are seeing firms looking for that strategic approach while they don't have time for a big bank and they don't have time for a three-year implementation project, right? So what they need to do is hit their milestone 
uh, where they need to comply one step at a time, but keep the vision they have in mind of a strategic approach because this is their end game goal. And this is probably one of the biggest challenges for firms this year and in the coming two or three years. Yeah. In a previous chat, you had uh, mentioned that there was a sell side client that was uh, juggling some competing priorities. And you, you said that that story was sort of sort of typical for many of your sell side clients. Uh, yes, yes, it's a typical story, and at the same time, it's it's really one of of um, a very strategic client that I enjoy partnering with. So, um, in, in their case, they started dealing with new regulation last year. I mean, it was the middle of the COVID crisis; everybody was working from home, and they had to plan for their regulatory compliance, as it's not optional. I think the approach they took was pretty interesting. They opted for this strategic approach where Calypso was the selected uh, integrated platform. But at the same time, they were very realistic about their project scope and the time they had left. So for UMR, they started with a minimal scope, which in their case was to manage their UMR threshold. But they also right away planned for the next step toward more optimization, and that would happen the next year. Right. So they were able to manage their resources and go live very quickly by organizing on one hand a strategic goal, long-term goal into various priorities. And they actually had the same approach when it comes to FRTB compliance with that European deadline that they had to deal with, uh, while at the same time planning for maybe uh, a more complete solution in the context of the 2023 deadlines that they had. So I would say product management, uh, being able to adopt an agile approach uh, with some code drops and incremental validation was a, a key component for their successful go live. And on our side, as their partner, we also had to adjust quite a lot, right? Uh, when a client needs an updated software version every month, uh, it means we need to deliver our software accordingly. Uh, mm. So on our side, we, we have worked with this client as a partner, and it was a great way for them and for us to adjust our operating model to changing market needs. Okay. And no one size fits all. So what about those firms that have other needs? And effectively, every client is different and the concept of one size fits all uh, doesn't apply, right? Uh, clients sometimes need ad hoc solutions and we have worked with them accordingly. Some of our programs have been very popular in the market. For example, our Treasury Foundation program, which is for smaller and regular institutions looking for an integrated but simple treasury solution. We have also seen clients for which clearing was becoming a priority and uh, it had to be implemented before the regulatory changes. In that use case, implementing the clearing module was quite handy for them. We talked about UMR, it is a very topical requirement and the UMR module often as an addition to a collateral standalone implementation has been very popular as firms were struggling to meet the deadline imposed by their various local jurisdictions. And uh, we've seen clients doing so collateral, then clearing, then UMR, right? It's a, a very popular pattern. And now they are thinking of the next steps. So those are examples of ad hoc solution mm -hmm. as every client is unique. And then how did the COVID-19 crisis accelerate this, this transition to the new landscape? I think we can say there was a, a silver lining to the COVID-19 crisis and, and it had made the impact in terms of accelerating the landscape transition for firms. 
Uh, the first direct impact was due to the market fluctuation, uh, which triggered a need for firms to exchange large amounts of collateral, way more than usual. Uh, and at, at Denza, we have almost 100 collateral clients. They were able to benefit from our battle-tested collateral solution as they were managing unusual volumes of margin calls. That was one of the direct impacts. Uh, but there was also another trend which I would like to mention. Because of those changes, the market started to think of ways to prepare for the unexpected. A new reality is coming up and people realized that they had to change their mindset and, and be ready. In that context, we have seen a lot of market demand for more open and agile platforms to be ready for the unexpected. The last point related to COVID I would like to mention is the cloud hosting. Effectively, people had to work from home. It, it became a norm. And it means that um, people were working remotely, uh, delocalized de work was uh, a norm for them. In that context, cloud hosting is the best option for firms in general. And we have seen accordingly a huge market trend toward uh, cloud hosting among financial institutions. Mm -hmm. And then you also mentioned uh, previously that your central counterparty clients um, had an interesting story to tell dur during the uh, pandemic, the worst of the pandemic. Yeah, that, that's a story I love to tell. So one of the things we've been doing with our clients, it's user groups where we meet on a regular basis. We change on market trends and software requirements. So pre-COVID, we were meeting in person and with COVID, we had to switch to a virtual setting and manage um, time zones for global audiences. While everybody was in lockdown, we actually had a, quite an amazing experience where we ended up with a scheduled meeting at 8 a.m. Chicago, 3 p.m. London, 11 p.m. Hong Kong, 1 a.m. Sydney, and it was 6 a.m. for me in San Francisco. And surprisingly, everybody joined the meeting. And despite the fact that we were all at home joining at odd hours, it was one of the most productive, productive sessions we ever had. Exchanges and key topics, you know, affecting the clearing space, the margin pro-cyclicality effect, which was huge uh, during the COVID crisis, the LIBOR discounting, LIBOR transition, and the emergence of, of new clearing programs. It was fantastic to experience this sense of community during those difficult times. And do you, do you think that that kind of a meeting, the virtualized global meeting, will continue? I think that's a question that many people have, have tried to answer. Uh, so I think that we have learned that we don't need to be physically and, and together in order to efficiently work together, right? That, that's, a, mm -hmm. that's a given. And for Adenza as a global company, this is huge because we can now easily organize global meetings virtually. This being said, uh, I think that we need to find a good balance between in-person meetings and, and remote interaction. And, and the industry yeah, is actually looking for the best mix of, of hybrid working condition. Um, so I think that that's really where you know everybody's trying to find the right balance. Yeah. Looking ahead, though, uh, how do you see the sell side landscape evolving over, over the coming years? Yeah, so clearly, as, as we've discussed, a lot of changes uh, have started. Uh, but I would say we are still in, in day one or two of uh, the required changes. In the coming years, we should anticipate a lot more digitalization in the solution and in the way people work, right? A lot more standardization in terms of products and process, 
straight through processing will become the norm and it will be driven uh, by artificial intelligence. So processes will be automated as much as possible and new technologies to tools will also become available. We talked about cloud hosting and uh, in addition to that cloud computation will be optimized uh, standardizing concepts like the elastic grid, for example. And I think more generally speaking, leveraging the technology to reduce costs and optimize TCOs will also become known. And then finally, with the new regulation coming in scope, optimization costs around capital charges uh, margin will also become very common in order to keep costs and charges under control probably with enhanced analytics too. So at the end, uh, we'll need in a new landscape, additional tools, more controls, and probably a better leverage of the technology with simplification, standardization, optimization, becoming uh, keywords of that new landscape. So basically more profit, less cost is probably the end goal, but it, it will take quite some time to get there. And we mentioned that that you had internal meetings globally and virtual, but what about your clients? It seems like that perhaps that this virtual option will become a, a, a new way for uh, for Adenza to uh, to satisfy its clients. Yeah, clearly it's going to be a, an additional way. Uh, I agree with that. And and actually, let me tell you maybe another a client story. We started interacting with a, a, a client that was at the time a prospect uh, in the middle of the COVID lockdown. And interestingly, this is a client based on the West Coast. Uh, we were actually almost neighbors with, with some of, of the, the people that I was interacting with, uh, but we never met. And uh, we are still working together. Now we are in the middle of a, a very active implementation and, and it was only working virtually. And despite not meeting in person, uh, we've been very efficient. Uh, they've actually adopted that strategic approach I was talking about, starting with a, a front-to-back implementation and now leveraging that solution to meet all those risk regulatory deadlines that they have to deal with. So, yeah, it was a pretty interesting experience and, and, and uh, you know, pretty nice to, to think about. Mm-hmm. Just lastly, uh, what was the one thing that that experience taught you about managing things virtually uh, and, as well as the traditional way? Yeah, well, I think what what I've learned from all of that is uh, when it comes to meeting with people and 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 visiting clients, uh, there is a big difference between quantity and quality. And I'm one of those people I was used to traveling around the world all the time, probably not taking enough time to you know step back and think. Uh, so really, I think what that uh, new way of working has taught me is is that um, yeah, quality is better than quantity, and and there is a need to find the right balance. So it was pretty interesting. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Eugene. It was a pleasure. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the FTF Exchange podcast. If you would like a turn in the hot seat, reach out to us at info at ftfnews.com and let us know what capital markets topics you'd like to discuss. Also, be sure to sign up to receive our email alert so you don't miss out on listening to future episodes. Just visit ftfnews.com and click the sign up link at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening to the FTF Exchange Podcast.